Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It's been a couple weeks since I've been back with you, but we are starting a new sermon series on Sunday, and I'll explain more about that in a moment. Let me first read the scripture for today. It's very short, just three verses, uh, but this is uh, from a couple parables that Jesus told. And so this is from Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. I came across this really great uh, article in the New York Times a few weeks ago. It was ranking as uh, one of the most read uh, articles at the time. And it's always nice to read stories, heartwarming stories that also people are really resonating with. This is a story about Carol and Vern King. They live in eastern Washington state, but had been traveling to Kalispell, Montana. Uh, and they were out one night, they were staying at a dog-friendly hotel, and they left their dog, Katie, behind. And so they went out, and when they came back to their hotel room, they noticed that Katie, their dog, had gone. And they must have, uh, they figured that Katie must have somehow unlatched the door, that there was a thunderstorm, which might have scared Katie. She somehow unlatched the door and got out, and they asked one of the hotel attendants, and the attendant said that, yes, they had seen a dog bolt out of their front door hours before. Carol and Vern loved their dog, of course, and so they went out and looked around for a little bit, and then they thought, how are we ever going to find this dog? The uh, Kalispell butts up against the Glacier National Park, and so there's all kinds of forests, and who knows where Katie could have gone. But then over the next 57 days, the couple set out on a desperate search. Uh, In the article, Vern said that every night going to bed, it was gut-wrenching. Is she warm? Did she get to eat today? It tore us up. So they decided to go on a search. So day one, they're both former law enforcement officers from Los Angeles, so they knew to look in places like abandoned buildings. Uh, They looked in alfalfa fields, looked for tracks, dog droppings, started to put the word out. uh, And so they thought, surely we're going to find Katie uh, soon. They feared that maybe Katie got hit by a car, but there was no evidence for that, so they continued to look. Two weeks, no Katie. Day 15, they uh, find or locate or garner some animal tracking game cameras. They take out or buy, I don't know if they bought or rent, night vision goggles to try all that they could to find Katie. They, in fact, went home to their home in eastern Washington and brought back buckets of horse manure from their family farm, thinking maybe somehow that Katie would smell that smell and then come back to them. Day 22 now, no Katie. They're doing all they can to follow up on tips. They've plastered the town, of course, with all kinds of flyers. They put things out on social media, all of these things. If Even if somebody calls and it doesn't sound like their dog, they are going to see if they can find the dog. Day 37, still no Katie. They are still looking for this dog. Mrs. King had to go back home, of course, because she was, or she was working at the post office. She thought about taking some time away, taking a leave of absence, but because the summer season was coming, they just couldn't 
let her do that. And so uh, she quits her job. <clears throat> Finding her dog was more important than the job that she had. Day 53, still no Katie. They've done everything they can. And now at this point, Mr. King, Vern, had gone back home and Carol had begun to give up. And she called Vern and said, I, I, I can't just stay out here all this time. And so Vern and some friends of hers told her, said, just one more week. Just stay one more week. Day 57. Katie and someone who was helping her, they went out for a walk. They thought that they'd gotten a tip that maybe they'd seen the dog. They countered a couple who was out for a walk, told them about their search, and the couple, the woman, said, is that your dog over there? And she pointed to a dog under a nearby tree. It was a border collie, just like Katie. And they began, I'm now reading from the article, they began calling Katie's name. The dog was <clears throat> cautious and wary. Others in the group went silent as Mrs. King called out to the dog, and Katie came running at full speed and leapt into Mrs. King's arms. Those are great stories. Uh, and for those of us who are animal lovers, we can probably relate a bit. Uh, I don't know if I would have searched for my dog for 57 days, but still, you, when you have a pet that you are close to, you want to do all you can to try to find uh, the pet if they're lost. We search for a lot of things in our lives, both the pedestrian, like things like car keys and phones, and the meaningful purpose and God. So there are some helpful tools to find the pedestrian things. For example, there's the find my iPhone setting on our phones. But when it comes to finding things that have a more lasting impact, it's not always that easy. Oh, if there was just an app that said finding God, find my God, that would make things so much easier. This is true in our faith lives. There was a Roman African leader in the early church named Augustine who summed up the spiritual search well when he said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Let me read that again. Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. We all want to rest in God, to rest in thee, we yearn for a deeper connection with the divine. We desire growth in our spiritual lives. As the pastor of both Urban Village and also River Forest United Methodist, I want that for the people in, in my churches too. So over the next three weeks, we're going to explore how we can more deeply rest in God and how that can correlate to both individual growth and also our hope, the growth of our community faith, and hopefully the growth of your community faith too. So both churches that I'm affiliated with, Urban Village and River Forest, have gone through a lot of change this past year. And because of these transitions, we sense that some people are feeling restless and maybe a little worn out. So for those of us who are feeling that way, how do we respond to this? Some of us will do anything we can to fix it, to fix this restless feeling. You may have the type of personality who, who loves the search and you admire explorers. And so you thought, I'm going to go out and do all I can to fix this restless and worn out feeling. If this is your personality, you might be the kind of person who loves to find the best deals, to find the hidden gems, the out of the way places. If that's your personality, you might relate <clears throat> to the merchant in this passage from Matthew today. So we read two parables in our scripture lesson. And in a way, Jesus asks us to do some exploration and searching when he shares parables. My Bible dictionary defines a parable simply as a very short story with a double meaning. 
Parables can come in all shapes and sizes, but there's often an undercurrent of mystery to them. Hearers of parables, both in Jesus' day and in our own, have to wrestle with them, and their meaning isn't always clear. It wasn't unusual for the disciples to not understand what Jesus was talking about when he shared a parable. That can be also the case for us today. But in the second parable about the merchant and the pearl, we know that Jesus is telling us that the kingdom of heaven, or another way of describing that, the reign of God, that the kingdom of heaven, like a pearl, is invaluable. Because of its value, the merchant is doing all he can to find this pearl. And once he does, he sells everything just to have it. The kingdom of heaven is priceless. That brush with the divine, that rested soul, priceless. Many years ago, I was writing an article when I was in grad school. And I was writing an article uh, about James Dean. Uh, It was specifically an article about James Dean and his, uh, the motorcycles that he owned. I was at the time working on a project. We were talking about motorcycles. So I was down in a small town in Indiana where James Dean grew up. And I, there was a tour, a little James Dean tour. He, James Dean is buried there, and they would show all the different things. So I was on this tour, just one other woman. And she was, uh, I forget what country, it was a country in South America. I want to say Brazil. But anyway, we were <clears throat> out, and we went. The, the tour guide was showing us all the places that James Dean grew up, house that he grew up in. And finally, we went to his gravesite, and I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, this woman pulls out this little talisman, and it was like these little feathers that were uh, bound by this rubber band. And she puts these uh, rubber band, this little talisman, on the gravesite and kneels next to the gravesite and begins to tend to the gravesite and kisses the tombstone. And I'm standing there watching this thinking, I've never seen anything like this before. I didn't ask her about it. Her English wasn't very good. But it struck me, here was a woman who's searching for something, some kind of purpose, something to fill her soul, and she thought maybe the ghost of James Dean was going to be it. People will do many things to try to get a sense of feeling whole, of things, something, some connection to something beyond themselves. So if you relate to the merchant, what does your search look like if your objective is a soul that is at peace to know more deeply the inbreaking of God's reign. Well, maybe you go to church, or maybe you go on a retreat, or maybe you download a meditation app, or maybe you go to yoga. These are all good things, and you may find peace that way. Certainly, we hope you find it. Uh, for those of us part of Urban Village and River Forest, hope you find it at our churches. But it isn't always easy to find that pearl, that peace. It may still be in the oyster. And might be locked away in a closet. And what happens if we don't find it? We may need to be reminded that the kingdom of heaven isn't always evident. After all, a pearl, though valuable, is small. We may not find it just by searching somewhere out there. We may discover that it's somewhere else, buried. We may discover that it's within us. And here's a connection to the other parable in verse 44. The main character here is nondescript. simply as someone, as in someone who found a treasure and then hid it. Was this someone intentionally looking for this treasure? Did he just happen to come upon it? We don't know. We do know that the treasure is buried, which means that 
some digging was involved to unearth it. And while that can be frustrating, the digging can also be a part of the discovery. What would it look like if we compared the field in this parable with your own soul? Could it be that there's a treasure, God's presence, a divine spark buried in your own interior life? Could it be that there's a treasure within you that might be closer than you realize? Jesus said as much in another gospel. This is from Luke 17. Jesus said, or the story goes, once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among or within you. We all yearn for a peace that passes understanding. Whether we go on a search outside of ourselves or whether we do some interior digging, I think we'll discover that the reign of God, God's presence, is closer to us than we realize. One of my favorite stories about finding things that are hidden, or rather maybe finding things that are hidden in plain sight, comes from a book by Kathleen Norris, a spiritual author, named Amazing Grace is the name of the, of the book. And she writes short little reflections about different spiritual topics. So there's a short chapter in this book called uh, Bible. The chapter is only four paragraphs long, but it's one of the best stories I've ever read about the scriptures. Norris describes one night when she and her husband were visiting with what she calls, quote, an old timer, a tough self-made man in the classic American sense. And she saw him in a local steakhouse. The man, Kathleen Norris calls him Arlo, the man was more talkative than normal and was sharing a story about his grandfather, who was deeply religious. His grandfather gave Arlo and his wife a Bible as a wedding present and, quote, bound in white leather with their names and the date of their wedding set in gold lettering on the cover, unquote. Maybe you have a Bible like that in your home. Well, Arlo wasn't much of a religious man himself, so they started away. His grandfather kept asking him, however, how do you like that Bible he'd given them? Arlo was puzzled by this because his wife had sent him a thank you note, and he thanked him in person, but his grandfather kept pestering him about it. Months later, Arlo finally got the Bible out to see what the big deal was, and he discovered his grandfather had put a $20 bill in the front of every book, both Old Testament and New For those adding up at home, that's 66 chapters. That's quite a gift, more than $1,300, which Arlo noted was a lot of money in them days. I love this story about the discovery of unexpected treasures in the Bible, but I think it's also a great story about things that are hidden in plain sight, things that are buried, things that we don't know are there, and maybe because we don't bother to look. You know, in our own lives, we may think, I'm going to find peace, I'm going to find fulfillment, I'm going to find God in something out there. So we do all our can to go on a search for something that's very valuable, priceless even. And there's nothing wrong with that search. But we also have to remember that the treasure might actually be within us. And that can be daunting because if we have to do some interior digging, well, that might be something that we might not want to do or we don't know how to go about it. But if Jesus... If what Jesus says is true, that the kingdom of God is within us, then I think we owe it to ourselves to do some of that digging. 
to look to see what's there, to open up that Bible, to open up our own lives, to see what's hidden in plain sight. What we at Urban Village are trying to do is to help people to do that. We're now in a time of a year where we're asking people to think about pledging financially to our ministries. And uh, we are undergoing a new staff structure at Urban Village, including creating a new position called teaching pastor. And this is a new, uh, it's not new emphasis for us, but we really want to make sure that we are focusing on the internal spiritual lives of our the folks who are part of our church. And so when you give to Urban Village, you help that. You help fund the uh, salary for that person. And in a sense, you help also nurture the spiritual lives to help the digging process, to help us find what's within us. That's an important search. So I hope that you might consider, if you're a part of Urban Village, I hope that you'll consider um, giving a pledge to us for 2020. You can go to urbanvillagechurch.org give, and we'll be sending out more information about how to do that next week. If you're not a part of Urban Village, you can also still go to urbanvillagechurch.org give and make a contribution. Even though my, <laughs> clearly my voice is not up to par this week, but I hope that you get some kind of um, sustenance, maybe a hint of inspiration, something that helps you earn your own life with these podcasts. If you do, I hope you'll consider going on that website and making a, a gift. Uh, it'd be greatly, greatly appreciated for us. Even if it's something as much as a dollar a month, five dollars a month, uh, make that pledge so that we can continue this ministry and we can continue to help everybody do that digging to find that spark to find the kingdom of God within them. Thank you for considering to do that. And amen. I'll be with you again next week as we continue this sermon series called Inside It Out when we explore how we can nurture ourselves with internally and externally for growth. And so until the next time, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. I ever with thee